Welcome back to the 4AMEN podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are here joining us today or whenever you're listening to this. As you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm in a different setting. Um, people are moving the floor and putting in carpet and taking out carpet in the place where we film, and I was unaware of that. So here we are in my wife's studio, and um, my guest today, his name is Josh McDaniel. He's What's a up, husband, man? a student. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. I know. I'm coming in already. I didn't know if I was supposed to wait or, well, or go gonna, in. I was so going to hype you up for a second. but, oh, but I'll let you hype me up. I, but I, I, was I'll, gonna, I'll let that. I was, I was just going to say that we both have wives that share the gospel with a ton of people. We do. And we are just the supportive husbands that just love to cheer them on and all, the things, we that, well. and all the things that they did. We really did. We really <laughs> we did, did marry up. up in this world. <laughs> and I feel like it's super apparent. I feel like that's not something that somebody has to like tell you. You just oh, yeah. kind of just, you just definitely know it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it's really weird because it's like being a, a husband in this role and your wife having the career or the, the ministry that she does, it's, it's, it's very different. It's very different. And I know we've had some great conversations about it, but it's fun being able to support them and champion them on. And I mean, as husbands, we're called to do that anyways. And so it's fun yeah. to just be able to do it in this way. For sure. But I will say by us saying that they married, that we married up, is that them is, is that us saying that they married down? Is that what? Oh, or I, are they? I, I mean, I guess they, that that's that how that works. That is technically how it works. If we married up, then they technically had to to go down. But I don't, I, I don't want to think about that. I nah. think, I, I, <laughs> I think, think you're a pretty great man. I, I think, think we're all I just, think Sadie married up. I needed that today. I really did. Thank you. I think we're all just even playing field here. But I will that's say right. for those listening, and even for you, if you hear like nails or hammers or not chainsaws, but jackhammers. If you hear <laughs> chainsaws, if you hear something like that, just roll with us. Um, that is the environment that we are filming in today, and there's nothing that we can do about it. But we're trying our best. Um, but Josh, I'm so thankful to have you on, and I think it's going to be a great conversation. Yeah, I'm honored to be here, man. Awesome. So let's get into it. So uh, if you're just tuning into the podcast, everything we do, it's, all, it's around First Timothy 4.8. That's where Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, and he says that physical training is of some value, but godliness is a value in every way. And what we're trying to do is, you know, just encourage people to train physically, but challenge them to train themselves spiritually. And with that, you know, having our priorities right. And that can't mean, you know, ever placing more of an emphasis on, on our physical appearance or on fitness or working out or whatever more than we um, consume ourselves or more than we fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who actually created us. So with that little intro, Josh, just just kind of just give us a background on kind of, you know, what does physical training look like for you and, and what does that look like in the past? Yeah, man, like physical training, I think I think it's funny because it literally adapts to whatever season you're in. I remember being in high school and like I, I wasn't like the star like quarterback or like the starting five of basketball, um, but I remember in the season of high school and having practice and having workouts with the team and having doing those things. And then I was even in baseball for a little bit and then finally kind of dropped those sports and got into CrossFit. Um, I loved CrossFit. It was a big goal of mine for a while to make the CrossFit games um, as a teenager. I could never do it now. Uh, that Those 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 are beasts. Those are animals. Um, and so, but like I got into CrossFit and I saw that it is such a priority and such a good thing that I noticed a difference in my own life that like whenever I was invested into either a team sport, working out in that area, or just being physically active, everything about my psychology, my emotions, my, how I, how I think, how I feel, how I eat, how I do all these different things, how I interact with people 
changed. And it's like, that's why I have to prioritize um, physical training even now, even if I'm not in a a team sport. Um, So physical training now is such a priority, even being married, even having a full-time job every single day as a priority to read my Bible. It's also a priority to take care of, of my body, to, uh, to work it out, to, 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 to strengthen it every single day, uh, to, to continue to be the best person I can be. Yeah. Dude, I've actually never thought about that. The idea of like, most people train, I don't say most people, but a lot of people train their bodies physically because of a, of a sport, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, soccer. And, and a lot of like, if you're like weightlifting, like you're really training for yourself and, and not that that's a bad thing in and of itself, but if you, if that consumes you, then that can become, you know, idolatrous and dangerous. But I've never thought about it. And, and I, I did not know that you were that big in a CrossFit, going, trying to go to the, the CrossFit games. The I teenager. wanted to for a while. I, I was so far from it. I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a far goal, but I'll, I'll keep on working out maybe one day. So Were you close? Nah, not no. even. No, I think I was like, I, I think I was ranked in Arkansas, but nothing like, nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing going to regions. Yeah. Well, my first guest actually like kind of spoke to that a little bit. He said, train for performance. And not for aesthetics and the idea of yeah. like, you know, we don't want to train just to, you know, look well, but we want to train to actually be able to, to perform well. And I was thinking, I was like, well, I don't play sports anymore, but I was like, but I do play, I do play city league basketball, city league uh, softball. I played a flag football game last weekend. So now I'm transitioning my training just to perform well for my team in our, in our, in our local city here in, in, in West Monroe. That's fun. That's so fun. It's, it's so, it's so good to have that team team aspect and that team environment and to continue to push yourself. I mean, it's like, it's nice to have, that's one thing I love. I've realized about myself, like we have a, we have a small gym near our house and I usually could work out there by myself and whatever. But whenever I'm in a class environment, like with CrossFit, I push myself like 10 times harder just because I'm around people that are like like-minded that are chasing the same goals that are chasing the same thing. It's like, man, I'm working 10 times harder. I may be competing against the person next to me, but I'm working 10 times harder. Yeah. Did you did you ever play in any intramural sports? I didn't. Honestly, that's like one of my biggest regrets. Front regrets from uh, from uh, college. From college, like, I never man. played any of them. I wanted to play like spike ball. Like that's such a college sport and uh, such a fun thing. I did. I I only did flag football, and that was just literally one of the best memories of college. I just yeah. I I took it way too seriously, but we had a blast. I I I, I, I still love flag football. That's awesome. But like I said, I played in that pickup game last week, and I think the first first play of the game, uh, it was like an interception, and it was a three person collision. <laughs> One person actually got injured, and then the next drive, someone went like did like a like like a fly, and uh, like hurt his back in the end zone because someone else like actually like tackled him. So like our first two plays, we had two guys get injured, oh and that my. was when you look around and you're like, we're we're getting a little too old for this, but. Um, <laughs> But it's it's okay. It's good. We're just hanging in there. Just keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. Hey, just keep it. on pushing. But yeah. you kind of you kind of just hinted at that a little bit, even with you know you know like you said at that time in your life, you know reorienting your 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 um you know your priorities with with faith and with and with fitness. So did you did you ever have a time where you kind of did struggle with that? The idea of like not even identity in in that sense, but you know training for 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 what you look like and and even maybe at a time where you had those priorities offset. Yeah, I mean, I think I think at any point 
if if you're if you're chasing at if you're on a team aspect, I think, or if you're if you're on a team sport, should I say, if you're working out, if you're if you're if you're passionate about that, and I know that's more physical, and there's many passions that we can look to in life that can actually like take us away from our relationship with God. And it's not that they're bad things, it's that we're just prioritizing them differently, like you just said. And I remember in, um, in I think it was like freshman year of high school, and I was just hanging out with my boys. You know, I was on the basketball team, I was enjoying all of that fun aspect of it, but I realized that I was... I was not prioritizing God in my life. I, I'd say no to youth group because I wanted to go and play a pickup game. Or I'd say no to the small group or, or going to church because of travel team or because of whatever these things. And it's like, you know, I, I wasn't even seeing the importance of God. Like I grew up in a Christian, um, in a Christian home, you could say, like my dad's a pastor and I grew up with that priority of church, with the priority of, of God in our lives. But even at that time, I didn't care. Like, I was like, that's my parents' faith. That's not my faith. Like I, I, I don't, that's not me. So I don't have to take care of that. I don't have to nurture that relationship with God. I can just focus on being a better athlete. I can just focus on doing the things that I care about and not pursuing God. And then it's like, you finally start to grow up a little bit. You finally start to see, it's like, no, this relationship with God is is so much more important than anything else on this earth. Like flesh is going to be dust. Like we will return to dust. Life is a life is a mist, as it says in the scriptures. And so it's like life is a mist. And why would I hold on to these these earthly achievements whenever I can truly chase after God who that is the biggest achievement of becoming a Christian and sharing Christ with people around me. The priority of that in life is far greater than winning a national championship or even winning a Super Bowl. Like it's far more greater to win a person over to Christ than it is to chase after those earthly dust things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and even, 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 you know, with sharing your faith and you know, seeing somebody come to the Lord through, whether it's your testimony or through, through the gospel that, you know, that the Lord works through you to, to do that. It's, it's so much more rewarding and it's so much more fulfilling than, like you said, than whether it's looking good, look, looking good or, you know, winning a championship or competing in, in X, Y, and Z. Like when you, when you truly have somebody's life be changed mm-hmm. spiritually, it's so much more powerful than seeing their lives be changed physically. Yeah. And I think, I think we can look at, we can look at physical training and we can correlate it a lot with our spiritual training. Like we really can. There's, there's a lot of things that we can, we can take from it. It's like whenever I go to the gym and I, and I work out and I'm wanting to get all big and muscular, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to look like Christian. Like I'm trying to get all awesome, jacked up and, or I'm wanting to be the best at the sport. I wanted to throw a a hundred mile an hour pitch or I'm wanting to do whatever. Like if I'm chasing after this goal, I have a goal in mind and I'm doing everything in my power to, to achieve it. But the day that I stopped going to the gym, the day that I stopped chasing that goal is the day that I stopped developing those muscles that I stop growing in those, in that area, chasing after those things. And it's like in the same way, it's like, I may be spending time in the word constantly chasing after a can like a continual time with Christ. I, I may be chasing after those things, but once I'm not in the gym or not in the word, 
we start to go like, whoa, what happened to all my muscles? Like what happened to all this like knowledge of scripture that I had? It's like, well, you have to be continual in it. It's like, I think it's like two weeks after you get out of the, or you stop using a muscle. It's like muscle atrophy kicks in. And so like muscle atrophy kicks in and your muscles start to start to loosen up a little bit. It's like, I have to be continually training my body just as I continually train spiritually. It's like, I will continue to grow both physically and spiritually if I'm continuing to work at it wholeheartedly. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, that's what's so cool too. Cause I feel like there's some, there really are so many correlations between physical training and spiritual training. And because both of them, they really do require discipline. Yeah. If I'm not consistent with, with training physically, then I'm not going to perform the way that I want to, I want to perform, or I'm not even going to look the way that, that yeah. I, I might want to try to look. And even spiritually, if I'm not, if I'm not disciplined in prayer or reading or, filling my mind with, with, with the things of God, then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be, you know, further along than I'm wanting to be. I'm gonna, I'll be lukewarm and I'll be kind of just, just back and forth of like, you know, what I'm actually doing right now with my faith. So I think that's, that's something that's so cool with it too. It's like, if you want to really do well spiritually, if you really, if you really want to try to look more like Christ, and if you really want to even just be physically, you know, in good shape and you, and you want to perform well yeah. in these things, both require discipline. And I love before the podcast even started, you talked about, um, these things that you can control. Can you kind of speak to that just for a second, a little bit on before the podcast started on, on what are some controllables that we, that we can have? Yeah. Yeah. No, that I think, cause I mean, maybe, maybe you're a high schooler, maybe you're growing up and you just have a hard job and you work a lot. Like I know, I know I have, I have buddies that are in high school that they wake up at five and they work out at five and then they go to school and they're at school until three and then they have practice till six and then they come home, have dinner and then you have homework, but then you also have a life that you want to do things and nowhere in that have you prioritized time with God. Nowhere in that has the, that just been sitting down alone, just you and Jesus, just talking it out like a friend. Like I'm talking to you right now. Like I'm just talking with you so gently and so easily like how often do we prioritize that time just talking to God? And it's like, you may have a a day, days, weeks, whatever, a semester that is just uncontrollable. And that is very real. And that is very true. But there's one thing in your entire day that you actually always have control of. And that's the time you wake up. And I know that sounds really weird. It's like, but Josh, I wake up at five in the morning already, or I wake up at four 30. It's like, yes, but you could wake up. 15, 30 minutes earlier and literally just before you pick up your phone and check on what happened on Instagram or what happened on ESPN or who won this or who did that. It's like, how about go read the verse of the day and just go spend time in God. God, Lord, I don't, I don't even know how to speak to you, but I just want to be here with you. And and I want, I want to talk to you like a friend. Like I want to, I want to go to a coffee shop and I want to get two coffees, sit on the other table and talk to God. Like I'm on a coffee date with him. Like I want to prioritize that time so much because even in the song with Maverick city, I think it's called talking to Jesus. It's so cool because it's like, it's, it, it kind of goes to this story of how he hears his grandmother and then now he prays and now his, his son's trying to figure it out. It's like, his grandmother prioritizes his time. And she says, this type of praying, it changed my life. Like this saved my life, this type of praying. And it's like, we get to come like human to God because of 
Christ dying on the cross for us, we get to come to him as a friend and we get to talk to him. And so finding that priority time in the beginning of your day, in the morning, as, as you wake up to talk with him and then continue to talk to him through the rest of your day. It's not like you pick up the phone, you call him, you hang up. It's like you pick up the phone throughout the day and you just continue to talk to him as you're in your car, as you're heading to practice and all those different things. Yeah, and that's, and that's what's so cool about being a believer and having that relationship because you don't pigeonhole yourself to one thing. You know? So yeah. if you are that high schooler and you're waking up at 5 a.m. for workouts before you have school, if, you're, if you can drive on your way to, to go work out, pray. You can pray in the car. Yeah. You, don't have to, you don't have to pray in a church. You can pray literally wherever. You can listen yeah. to worship music while you're driving, yeah. while you're working out in the morning instead of listening to you know, rap music or hip-hop or whatever you like turn on worship music for 45 yeah. minutes for an hour and that can be that can be your time with the lord you know it doesn't have to necessarily look the same every day my time every day is different some yeah. mornings i'm waking some mornings i wake up and i have an hour to read some mornings i wake up and i read the verse of the day that's exactly some right. mornings i listen to worship music for an hour some mornings it's while i'm in the shower like every yeah. every day is different because my schedule is is never the same mm-hmm. and if i if I had to do the same exact thing every day, then I feel like that would stress me out so much. And I would feel like God's disappointed in me. And I know he's not disappointed in me. So for you, you have to figure out what works for you. And if you're that mm-hmm. person who maybe wake up earlier and get an extra 30 minutes in before you go to, before you go to the gym or before yeah. you go to school, because there are things that we can do because our relationship can be a vast number of things that we can do to communicate with God. Yeah. I, I mean, like even you were saying, listen to music, you were saying all those great things. I'll read the verse today. There's many times that I literally like the version Bible app. It's, it's an amazing app. If you don't have it, get it. Like, cause you can literally listen to scripture being read to you. Like how awesome is that, that we live in a world that that can do that. And so there's many times that I'm just like, God, I'm so tired. I'm trying to read this. Like I have dyslexia. Like I have a learning disability and me reading scripture is already hard enough for me. Like finding prioritizing time for it. It's like having scripture being read over me in the morning as I wake up, having this truth, the only truth, the solid truth, like being read over me. It's like you, there's nothing better. There's nothing better to start your day with that. Yeah. Let's see if it's so cool. Like, I, and I love what you just said about, you know, how, how awesome that we live in a world where this is accessible, but also the reality is we do live in a world that it is, is that it is accessible, but that it's also not. You know, sure. there's still 3.2 billion people who are who are unreached with little to no access to the gospel. So thank God that we live in a society where, you know, we do have access to scripture, where we do have a phone to to be able to read it to us, because mm-hmm. three billion people don't have that. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes cause I'm wanting I'm wanting to get that to I'm wanting to get into that in a, in a second, but. I think so many times we can take that for granted that we physically have a Bible. We have a phone that can read the Bible to us because in other parts of the world, you know, there's no Bible. There's no Bible in their translation. Yeah. And if you're caught with the Bible, then you're, 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 being, you're being killed. And yeah. I think we, we can lose sight of that because it's so easily accessible to us. But reality is it's such a gift and such a blessing that we actually have the word of God to, to read every single day. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it truly is. I, I, there's a story. So uh, I've, I've been on, I've been, I've had a blessing of going on a lot of different mission trips. 
um, around the world to bless people who don't have the scripture that you're just talking about. Um, and there's a story. I don't want to use his name uh, just for safety, but there's a story of a guy uh, that lived in Northwest Africa, um, a very uh, Muslim heavy uh, country. And so it's very dangerous for him to be a Christian, for him to own a Bible, for him to do all those different things. And he is walking through um, the bush. Literally, the bush is just like kind of the wilderness in there. And he's walking through the bush. He's a devout Muslim and he finds a Bible, but he doesn't just find a Bible. He finds a Bible in his native language out of nowhere in the middle of this. So he starts reading it page by page, page by page. He becomes a Christian. He leads his whole family to Christianity, which is insane coming out of a Muslim because out, out of a Islam, because leaving Islam is a very, it's very cut and dry. No, we don't have nothing to do with you, but he leads his entire family. And he, and he, and he now is interpreting for Christian for Christians who come over and preach the gospel. He, he interprets that into their own language so that they can hear the gospel in their own language. And he continues to work that day in, day out. And it's like, it's beautiful people like that. And it's like, it's us over here. It's like, what are we doing now in my, our everyday lives to impact the people around the world? Yeah. Well, you just, you just kind of spoke to that because thankfully, you know, um, even just being married to Satan. Now we've had the privilege also, I don't say I get, I get it. It it really is a privilege to be, to get to go to these other places and travel Mm -hmm. and just to see truly how fortunate we are. I think if you, if you really do get out and you go to these other places and you see the rest of the world and you, you, there's such a humility that there's such a humility that comes from that. And there's such a gratefulness that you, you return being so grateful and so thankful for, for how blessed that you truly are. So, and you, I know, well, I know that you were born into a ministry family, but you were also born into a missionary family. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you were born and kind of how, how that aspect of your life has really shaped and kind of cultivated to where you're at now. Yeah. So I was born in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, um, and lived in Livingston, Zambia. Um, and so it's, it's just North of South Africa is, uh, Zambia. And so we lived there. I, we only lived there for two years, so I don't really remember much of actually living over there. Um, but we came back and we start and my parents started a church here, uh, with like four families back in Northwest Arkansas and they started Grace Point and this church is, it's, it's, it's goal is to continue to send people out. It's that my, my parents moved to Africa so that they could reach the unreached. But they came back to America to be a launching zone for people who are, uh, for people to reach the unreached. And now they're sending out countless families of being able to reach these people who literally have never heard the name of Jesus. And I don't think like some people may be listening right now or watching can't really understand that because we drive down the street and we pass by 30 churches. Or we use the Lord's name in vain every day. I know the name of Jesus. Like that's, that's how I know the name of Jesus. But these people literally have never heard the saving grace of Jesus ever. And so now my family comes over here and now they go and they uh, prioritize sending people over. And so that's where um, it has been an awesome honor to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus going overseas to places that have never heard the gospel. The places that are hard to reach um, in in Southeast Asia, in uh, Northwest Africa, in South Africa, in all these different areas, it's like these people need Christ and they need to know 
they have, because they've never heard it, they need to know that Jesus came, like God sent his one and only son, and that Jesus came, died on the cross, and now we can have eternal life with him by believing in that. And they just don't know it, and now we have the priority of doing it. Yeah, well, that's even, I mean, Matthew 28, you know, that's yep. that's the great commission, you know, go and make yeah. disciples of all nations. And, and all nations does not... And, and actually, the Greek or the, the the Hebrew word, what it originally was, was people groups. It did not technically mean mm-hmm. continents. It, it meant it meant people groups. And there's, yeah. I don't even know, how, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of oh, people goodness. groups around the world. Um, and we have the good news, and, and that's what we're that's what we're called to do. And mm-hmm. I think that even being at a place, you know, like the United States, where you know there's freedom of speech, we're so we're so blessed and fortunate to have to have the word translated in our language and to have all these things mm-hmm. that, that we can easily access the scriptures. But I do think that, I, I do think that, that that's something that comes along, along with that is also, I don't know, just, I don't know whether it's pride or whether it's like, where it's this kind of like, cons- maybe conceited thing of like, we don't, we just don't know what the rest of the world goes through. Yeah. You know, we've been, to some other uh, to some other place and we think we've seen the world but you know you've never been to Africa you've never seen these other places that are literally poverty that if you mm-hmm. i mean that are making sense of a sense a day and it's like that's mm-hmm. all they can do and like to some people in in those parts of the world they're considered wealthy and it's like yeah. if you make over if you live in the US and make over however many thousands of dollars you're in like the yeah. 90th percentile in the world it's not much <laughs> it's not much and it's like, I just feel like it's so important for people to to see these parts of the world mm. because I feel like a lot of people just don't know what it's really like and yeah. really truly understand how great or how blessed and how fortunate and how lucky we are to live in a place where we have, you know, clean water. We have a, a, a house with a roof. We have all these mm-hmm. things that, that have been so generously provided for us and that, yes, we've worked hard for. But at the same time, the rest of the world doesn't even have the opportunity to work yeah. to achieve these things that we that we get to achieve, and especially even mm-hmm. the gospel. Like, you know, like like because like like you just said, they've never heard the name of Jesus. They don't have scripture in their language. They don't have a Bible. They don't. We don't have yeah. translators that speak the language. Like, it it's such a need, and I just mm-hmm. think that we live in a culture and we live in a society where we can lose sight of of how much people are actually struggling in these parts of the world because. Yeah. We just don't, we don't, we don't know. And we've never been. That, that's exactly right. And I think some people may be listening that they may not know this is if you've never heard of the 1040 window and the 1040 window, I think it's uh 10 degrees North of the equator and 40 degrees South of the equator. That's what it stands for. And it's over in, uh, it's pretty much this box. You can look it up, uh, the 1040 window. And it's the area that has the most unreached people groups out of the world that have never heard the name of Jesus that we were just talking about. And it's like, I challenge everyone listening right now. It's like, man, I'm trying to find time priority and prayer and all these different things. Set an alarm on your phone right now. Like literally go on your phone right now, set an alarm for 10 AM 40. And at 10 40 in the morning, every morning, pray for those people, pray for the people that are being sent, pray for the senders back in America. There's NAM, there's, there's, pioneers there's so many different organizations and churches that are sending people over there at 1040 like pray for the 1040 window the people that need to hear the gospel that have never heard it that need to hear the gospel that if they believe it then they'll die 
put it plainly, like that, that they will be persecuted for their faith. And it's like, we as Christians, though, I, I can only give a certain dollar amount or I can only do this. I can pray. And this type of prayer, just as that song talks about talking to Jesus, like this type of prayer changed my life. And I'm sure this type of prayer can change their lives too. Yeah. And that's, and that's even, like you said, that's something that we can, we can, we can do every day. Like you said, 1040 yeah. AM, 1040 PM. Yeah, you know, whatever time that is, set set time to pray for those people, and 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 you know, maybe you're being called to go there, and yeah, or or send money there, or take a trip there, or to do these things just to get out of your comfort zone and actually see what the rest of the world is going through, and just to be there for them. You know, mm-hmm. if I have more in common with something with somebody over in. Afghanistan that that's a believer in Jesus than I do somebody in my neighborhood who doesn't believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I have more I have more in common with that person and on in the other end of the world that puts their faith and uh, puts their hope in Jesus because they're my brother in Christ and I've mm-hmm. literally have more in common with that person than my neighbor who yeah. might not know who Jesus is. I'm we're not called to be comfortable Christians. Like comfortable Christians do they don't do anything. But I want to be an uncomfortable Christian in uncomfortable situations preaching the gospel. Even if that's in my high school, in my gym, in my wherever, like with my friend groups that have, they may not have even heard the gospel. They've heard the name of Jesus, but they haven't heard actual the gospel. And it's like, I want to be uncomfortable in those situations because it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel, it's going to feel like, oh, this feels weird. And I mean, you can even look to Moses. Moses had a speech impediment. Moses was called to speak to the king, the like pretty much of the world at that point, which is Pharaoh and told to let my people go. And I'm sure he was nervous. He literally tells God that he's nervous. And it's like, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but God is also going to be there with you. And he will give you the words to speak in those times. And that's when you read scripture. That's when you pray for those people. But it's like, I want to be an uncomfortable Christian and, and preach the gospel in those uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Well, cause that's what we're called to do. Yeah. You know, so whether, whether you're at the gym or whether you're a missionary or whether you're a student or a teacher or a doctor, like, we're all called to share the gospel and whether that looks mm-hmm. like literally sharing scripture or whether that looks like asking somebody if they know who Jesus is or asking some, mm-hmm. or, or just sharing your own testimony with somebody like we're all called to do that. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, like it's life or death and it's heaven and hell. And it's, mm-hmm. if, 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 if we have the words of eternal life, then we should be telling everybody about that. Yeah. Like if, I, if, go ahead. if I knew, if, if I knew, the correct the correct code to win the next lottery or whatever yeah. i would be going to tell everybody this is this is the numbers that's that's going to win you all this money like yeah and how much more is it how much more is heaven and how much more important is eternity than than these things that are temporal and i just think we can so lose sight of it because we we don't think we're equipped to share scripture or we're going through our own things how can we tell how can we go tell others about jesus or we don't know enough or we're embarrassed or we're timid or mm-hmm. we're an, we're, an, we're an introvert. And it's like, at some point you just need to go be bold and see what the spirit does because that's what we're called to yeah. do. We're not called to be lukewarm. We're not called to be mm-hmm. comfortable. We're called to be, I mean, with the spirit, like the spirit emboldens yeah. us to do these things. Like yeah. it's not us that does it, but it's the spirit through us that does it. And I think that we can just get so comfortable and so in our minds of like, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to be offended yeah. or and it's like, at some point, you really just got to get over that hurdle. Because mm-hmm. it's like, they might make fun of you. 
I'm sure we get made fun of all the time. I mean, yeah. Oh yes. Or you gave me the comment section is mean. I mean they <laughs> might laugh at you and they might ridicule you, but it's like, I mean, Jesus said, if the world hates you, it hated me first. So it's like, yeah. it says when, so whether that's somebody, you're a coworker or a student or a friend or a, a bypass person, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like it's, it it's so important. And I think that we just lose sight of it because mm-hmm. we just don't truly view it as like this ultimate thing when it's like it's mm-hmm. the most important relationship like if, if me and you had a conversation and i never once mentioned sadie's name yeah. or i was never like this is how we're doing like that might be a red flag yeah and it's the same with jesus it's like if if this is the if this is this should be the most important relationship ever because it, it's sadie or it, it's god <laughs> and then it's sadie and then it's my family mm-hmm. and if i get that order mixed up then I'm idolizing Sadie over my love of God. Yeah. But like, it's just, it's the most important relationship. And if I don't mention God, then I feel like there's a, there, there's just a disconnect. And and I should talk yeah. about my relationship with Jesus as often as I talk about my relationship with Sadie or me being a parent to honey. Like it should just flow out because it's, 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 it's who I am. Yeah. So that's so good. That's so good. Cause it, it like, if you think about scripture, Okay, you just mentioned Matthew twenty eight nineteen, uh, going to under the world, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then you think of Acts one, which I'm just now reading through Acts, and you think of Acts one where it says, "Wait, like wait on the Spirit, like the the Helper will come." And so we have the two last commandments of God of Jesus on this earth was go and wait, and it's like I'm supposed to go into the nations and wait on the Lord. And it's like, I can continue to wait on the Lord as I go. Like I can continue to be in tune with the spirit. God, what am I, what do you want me to say here? What do I, Ooh, do I need to wait here? Do I need to go? Let me say, let me go to that person in the store and like, just compliment them on their shoes. That may mean that may be nothing. It's like, Oh, it's, it's just their shoes though. It's like, yeah, but that may be the first compliment they've heard in a month. Like, and it's just those seeds of even kindness and love and those things. It's like, I'm supposed to go and I'm supposed to wait and I want to continue to wait on the Lord in the morning. I want to get up early. I want to read my word. I want to wait with him. I want to wait for his, I like even Samo says, um, that like, Lord, your servant is here. Like I'm listening. Like, what, like I'm here. What do you need? And it's like, I'm waiting for Lord to speak to me through his scripture, through prayer, through those things. And then I got to go. Like I got to go to all the nations to all the grocery stores, to all the high schools, to all the gym classes, to whatever, and ba- and preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's what we're commanded to do. And like you just said, like by you telling somebody, "Hey, those those shoes are cool." Like, yes, that might seem so simple, but when you look at Scripture, it says, "Love your neighbors yourself," and it's like that's how you do it. It doesn't have to be overbearing about about church or the Bible, but can literally just be a compliment and just plant that seed because odds are, if you're at Starbucks, 99% of the time, people are going to ask the cashier or the the person taking their order, how are you doing today? Or are you having a good day? Or I like your hair or I like your shoe or whatever, like just compliment people. Like it goes such a long way. Like, and I think, I think that's something that we think it's weird to, to do that and it's uncomfortable, but it's like, if you're not doing those things, then 
I, I don't know how you're loving your neighbor if you're not noticing these people that you're encountering and, and encouraging them and speaking life into them and, and, and truly loving them because you don't, when it says love your neighbor, that doesn't mean love your friends and your family. Like you love those people, like you love people who you meet, like random strangers. Like how do you love them well? Like you encourage them, like you speak life over them and you ask them how they're genuinely doing. Hmm. That's good. Emma, Emma, my wife is the absolute best at that. She, she literally will go to the most uncomfortable situations. I'm just thinking, what are you saying? Like, what are you doing? But she's literally just loving people and she doesn't care like about the awkwardness. It's going to feel weird. It's kind of feels weird, but she just knows that like, you know what? I care more about being obedient to Christ than I do about what people think about me. Or then I do whenever I say like, Hey, I love, I love those shoes or I love your hair or I love that jacket or whatever. Or you could say anything like, Hey, just have a great day. Have a great evening. And like, she is the absolute freaking best at it because she just sees every single person, every single person that we're walking past that we're standing in the elevator with and she'll just have a conversation. How's your day going? Tell me, tell me how you're doing. And it's like that intentionality of wherever you go and saying, I want to be so obedient to the Lord that everyone, I want to freaking, I want them to love their socks off just because yeah. that's what I'm called to do. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you don't see that. Like we don't live in a, we don't live in a culture that really champions that like yeah. truly just being kind to people. Like you honestly just don't see that much. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always, a, it's always refreshing when, when you do see somebody that does that. And, you know, you just brought up Acts 1. And if you look at the next chapter, Acts 2, yeah. Acts 1, Jesus says that, but then he also ascends to heaven. Like, mm-hmm. he's gone. So the Spirit <laughs> comes. Pentecost, you know, how do you know when the Spirit's going to show up? Oh, you're going to know. And then boom. Uh, so that happens. Peter preaches in Acts 2, preaches the gospel. Yeah. Acts 2.37, it says... Uh, it says, the, uh, it says, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. So repent means mm-hmm. to change, means to turn, means to yeah. stop what you're doing and, and, and change everything about what you're doing. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. Yep. And then baptism, the word the word just means to dip or submerge underwater. But then in Romans 6, Paul, Paul actually explains what baptism is. He says that, when you're baptized, that's basically you reenacting Jesus' death, his burial, yeah. and his resurrection. So when you're baptized, when you go under the water, that's your that's your death. When you're under the water, that that's that's you, that's your burial. Then when you come up out of the water, that's your resurrection. And Paul says that it's to live a new life. So yeah. when we're baptized, that's court that's going back to what we talked about in Acts twenty eight, or not Acts twenty eight, in Matthew twenty eight, where Jesus says, Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like when we do that act like we are literally reenacting Jesus's crucifixion on the cross. And that's what's so beautiful. And I feel like a lot of people just don't truly get the symbolism behind, mm-hmm. behind baptism and, and what it is. Um, I'm just a big proponent on that. Cause I think it's, <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's like, we're literally reenacting what Jesus did. And I think that's such an important thing that, that we maybe look past these days. It is. It's like, it's like whenever you were about to marry Sadie and I was about to marry Emma, it's like, we, we see, we, if you've done premarital counseling or you did all those things and you kind of go up to this and you're like, okay, this is going to be a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of effort into to, to invest into this relationship, but I'm committing to you. And so I'm going to put this wedding ring on and I'm going to commit to you. And I'm going to show everybody, Hey, I'm married. I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking, sorry. Like, because I'm committed to Emma 
And the same thing goes for that. It's like, I do, I come up to, to my relationship with Christ and I see that, you know what? Being a Christian is never promised to be easy. Like it's never promised to be easy, but it's promised to be better. And I mean, honestly, that's the same thing with physical fitness. It's like being fit and growing muscles and eating, even eating healthy. Maybe you're not like a fitness guru, but you love eating healthy. Like it's not going to be easy, but it is going to be better. And it's going to take a lot of commitment and it's going to take a lot of accountability to do both of those things, to, to stay fit and to, and to stay accountable to your relationship with Christ. It's going to take those things, but it's going to be better and it's not going to be easy. It's it, it was, it's never going to be easy. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's almost like it's harder. Like 100%. truly when, when you really start following Jesus is because you realize just how messed up and broken you are. And it's like, that's, that's what's so cool about repentance. It's like, yeah. if after this podcast, if I'm driving home and somebody pulls out in front of me going 45 and up 55, honestly speaking, fleshly speaking, that's going to annoy me. Like, yeah, it's, that would, I, <laughs> that would just bother me. But it's like, my reaction to that is what dictates truly like where I'm at. Like, yeah, if I slam on the horn and I just freak out, have a fit of rage, then like, the old self, which which is what I would used to do, mm-hmm. um, but there was no conviction behind that. So now, yeah. being a new person in Christ, like I have an awareness to like, okay, that's not loving. That's not what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to repent of that. God, forgive me for having that fit of rage and mm-hmm. and, and doing that mm-hmm. to that person. And it's like having that awareness of like in Christ, I'm a new creation, and yeah. that's where that conviction of like that's the old self. Yeah. I, that that me was crucified with Christ. That yeah. me died. This is not who I am. This is who I am now. Um, and it's like that daily conviction. And it's like, it's not easy to live where it's like, oh, you messed up there. Oh, you could have been better there. Like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's more fulfilling when it's like, that's, that's, that's the process of sanctification. Like over time, yep. you're going to look more like Jesus. And that's, it's, it's refining. Like refining is a process. It's not just overnight. You're completely different. It's you're refined over 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 a period of time, and refining is not fun. Like sanctification yeah. is not necessarily enjoyable because it's like you you just re, you realize your flaws. Like and and there there's things that we can all be working on, but you know becoming a Christian does not make anything easier. It's not you know prosperous in the worldly sense, but it's like you have everything mm-hmm. to gain in Christ through through heaven. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I mean, day one of working out, the workout's hard. Like the workout is, is a difficult one, but day two sometimes is even harder because now you're sore and the workout's hard. It's like going to be a Christian is, it's going to be difficult and to continue to press on, uh, continue to fight the good fight and to run the race. It's like Paul says in first Corinthians nine that I beat my body and make it my slave. It's like, I want to, I want to beat my body and make it my slave both physically and spiritually in the sense that I want to take every thought captive. I want to fight the good fight. I want to run the good race. I want to do it for the Lord. Yeah, that's so true. And just like fitness, like there are, there are muscles that, that are going to be stronger than others. And there's muscles that you need to train. So Mm -hmm. I might be really good at bench press or squat, but I might lack in something else. And like spiritually speaking, I might be really good at prayer, but I I struggle to get in the word. Mm-hmm. And I struggle to read because I get I get super distracted. And there's always going to be things that, you know, that you're super good at and things you need to work on, just like fitness and with our faith. Like, it's a full body 
exercise, you know, spiritually yeah. speaking and physically speaking, like to live this life that Jesus has called us to live, like there's going to be things that are going to make us uncomfortable, but, but we're pressing on and we're striving and we're striving towards what the end goal is. And I think that, like you said, it's such a cool thing that like, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy, but it's mm-hmm. so worth it. And there are things that you're going to have to just press past and that you're really just going to need to work on, whether it's physically speaking or, or spiritually speaking, like there's always things that we can be working on. And there's, and there's always going to be something that's more stronger suited than other, like than other aspects of, of, of our body and of our life. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good, Christian. Well, dude, I, I loved having you on today. Um, <laughs> but I'm about to get into our challenges because you've already kind of enlightened me on, on what they're going to be. And I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I have been I have been more excited about other challenges, maybe not because they are better, but because they might be a little easier. Um, yeah. So I will just let you have the floor and tell us what for the next week what uh, what our physical challenges and what our spiritual challenges. Yeah. Well, I heard that you don't like running. Or I listened to last week's podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's great, great podcast. Um, but. Uh, I heard you don't like running. So for those of you um, that are CrossFitters, then you'll know this one. If not, then you'll get to know this one. Um, it's Murph. Okay. It's a hero wad. It's uh, created by, after Michael Murphy, who died actually on my birthday, June 28th, he passed away in the combat. And so it's a hero wad and it's also called a benchmark wad. Um, it's something you look back on and that you see, okay, how am I improving? Uh, that's just what it is. And I think it's something so cool to continue to do. I do at least once a year. But Murph is run one mile, do oh crap now I'm, I'm mixing it up. Run one mile, hundred pull ups. Do a hundred pull ups. That's right. I keep, I get mixed up the push up pull ups. Okay, run a mile, do a hundred pull ups, two hundred push ups, three hundred squats, and then run another mile. You don't have to have a lot of equipment. You don't have to do that. Like you just got to keep on going. And you and you can do that however you want. You can do you can do it. Yeah, twenty rounds of five pull ups, ten push ups, fifteen air squats, or yeah. You can do them. You don't have to scale it. You can do it, you know, just like like it is. And you can, if you're advanced, you you're more than welcome to wear a weighted vest. If you, that's right. If you, yeah, don't I mean, do that, you, then it really is. It's like being being physic like being physical, going and working out. Like wherever you are, you may be listening to this podcast and like, yeah, Josh, I haven't worked out in so long. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna go do a hundred a hundred pull ups, two hundred push ups, three hundred squats. Like, okay, that's fine. Then do fifty, one hundred, and two hundred, or one hundred fifty. Like break it up, do mini Murph, run half a mile and then do that. Like the big thing about it, even whenever, like we've just talked about all this stuff of preaching the gospel, reading the word, um, this kind of leads actually into my spiritual challenge, but it's like wherever you are right now, like go and do mini Murph, go and do Murph, go and do some pushups, go and go and be active. Like don't sit here and say, well, I didn't, so I'm not going to, well, well, I wasn't, so I can't. So it's like, okay, well, today's a new day. Mercies are renewed. So let's go do it. And so that kind of leads me into the, the spiritual aspect is like, maybe you're, maybe you're like me going through high school and it's like, yeah, I read my Bible last June. It was great. I enjoyed it after camp. That was fun, but I haven't read it since. Or, well, actually I started a, a full uh, reading through the whole Bible in a year um, in this past New Year's and I'm kind of like three weeks behind. Like, okay, start, start up now. I've read, I was, I started a reading a Bible in a whole year, my senior year of high school. 
I'm still doing it today. Like I'm still going through it so slowly. I, I am, I, I literally, it's the slowest I could possibly, I, I read probably a couple of verses to a, a chapter a day and it's like, I'm still doing it and I'm still just reading it and meditating on the word day and night as, as scripture says. So it's like, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, find, find that time to prioritize scripture, to prioritize prayer. If it's in the car, if it's waking up earlier, if it's whatever, and go do it. It doesn't matter what happened then. It only matters your decision right now. Same thing goes for physical fitness. It doesn't matter how long you haven't worked out or how many cheeseburgers you've eaten. Trust me, I've probably eaten more. Like, but go and do something. Go and run a mile. Go and do something. Go be physically fit and train your body. And it will start to truly change the way you perceive reading the word or the perceive working out. I spell of scriptural continue to press on continue to run the race continue to to finish the fight continue to take every thought captive and make your body discipline your body to do what god has called you to do and that is spend time with him and preach his word i don't have much man that was so good i really don't have much to say after that that was just that was awesome um but dude seriously thank you so much for being on today um if you're listening i hope you were encouraged i hope that you were challenged uh we did get pretty real with some things. So I hope that you are encouraged and hope that you're challenged and um, just, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. So thank you so much, Josh. You rock, man. Seriously, thank you, buddy.